0: Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Janie Sharlow. Matters of the Heart and Soul is a podcast to raise awareness and awaken humanity to all that is within. We want to be a beacon of light on your life journey. To Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. This is your host, Janie Charlo. And what we have coming up is an amazing interview with the beautiful Miss Elizabeth Hoekstra. Elizabeth had an amazing journey of healing. Um, she has a new book out. It is called The Recipe to Elevated Consciousness, Transmuting Pain into Power to Gain True Inner Peace. And her message really, really aligns with our mission of this podcast And um, it was a pleasure speaking with Elizabeth um, just to know her story, to read about it, and then just to interview her on it was uh, an amazing experience for me um, because transformation is so important. And we have to know that who we was yesterday does not have to be or mean that that is who we have to be tomorrow. At any point when we decide we want to change, we just have to have that mental shift and Elizabeth really highlights this in her journey, and her story. So we speak on that. I mean, we speak on motherhood. We speak on just um, some lessons, hard, hard lessons, and also trauma. The um, trauma of abandonment and what some people may experience within the body. Symptoms that lodges in your physical body, and these are all trauma symptoms. So Elizabeth goes in on that. We also speak about her her new venture with forbidden knowledge in which we are in big support of uh, we we have been you know following Billy Carson for a while um, I also read his book Russell and I both um, because it, it is in tune with so much of the knowledge that we already have so we wanted to tap in to them tap into that energy of elevated consciousness raising our energy and vibrations um and just get up and close uh look with elizabeth's story and how we can use her testimony to help inspire others and that's what this podcast is all about so guys sit back relax check it out and make sure you get plugged in with her find her book on amazon as well all right guys Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. Please welcome to the podcast, Ms. Elizabeth Hoekstra. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you so much. I I really appreciate you having me. Um, I know it's been a long time coming, so I'm excited to uh, get this started. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so it's a pleasure to meet you. I am grateful to have you here today. We are going to be chatting with Elizabeth about her book, okay? I hope you guys could see the lighting in that. But it's The Recipe to Elevated Consciousness, Transmuting Pain into Power to Gain Inner Peace, True Inner Peace. So I want to dive right in, all right, Elizabeth? So in your book, one of the biggest traumas of your life has been abandonment. Yes. Um, you kind of start off that you were adopted at about three months of age to an mm-hmm. American family yes. and that you were pretty much in the crib the first three months of your life. Yeah. So can you just expound on that and how yes. you figured it out that those, you being in a crib for those mm-hmm. first three months of your life led mm-hmm. to a cycle of feeling abandoned?
1: Yeah, so I've always had these massive abandonment issues throughout my entire life and always wondered why it was so crazy because my conscious memory, you know, I I grew up with a family that that I felt supported and loved and they never abandoned me. So I was so confused as to why my body would go into these stress states when I would feel like I I was being abandoned. For instance, in a relationship, if I got into a fight with a boyfriend or something and he would want to walk away from me, that would literally feel inside myself that that I was being ripped apart and almost dying. So I was always so confused as to why I had these massive abandonment issues. So throughout my healing journey, I realized that I really wanted to connect to the root trauma of the reason why I would feel those abandonment issues. And so what I did is I studied ways I could really try to bring that up into conscious memory, so a couple of different ways I tried, which had actually worked. Uh, I did somato-emotional release work, which is a type of body work where the the practitioner will connect to your cellular memory. So she will, you know, put her hands on different parts of your body, and randomly memories will come up. So I started getting that type of body work, and one of my sessions, she actually put her hands on my stomach. And all of a sudden I had a rush of memory and that memory shot me into my mother's womb, actually, wow. when yeah. I felt like, well, during pregnancy, halfway through pregnancy, the stress hormones are, are able to cross the placenta. So babies can feel the, the mother's stress. If the mother yes. is stressed or anxious or depressed, the baby can actually feel all of those things. So I shot back into that moment and felt my mother's stress of the pregnancy. I felt her anxiety, her depression, her just everything. And it was almost like she didn't want me. So that was the first click. And honestly, that it hurt to know that, but it also healed something within myself because now I have more understanding. So even further deep into it, I actually did regression work where I got hypnotized. And my intent of going into that regression work was to really figure out and experience my birth again. So I could know what was going on with me and really just connect with, with that experience because I felt like it had something to do with, with my abandonment issues. So I went deep into it and I actually got to re-experience my birth process. I came out of the womb and i could actually feel the emotions of me as that tiny little baby wanting my mother to to hold me and look in my eyes and tell me that she loved me and grab me and just hug me wow. and i remember really feeling that deeply almost it was one of the most it was probably one of the strongest emotions that i've i've had in this life which is not crazy but it's 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 really interesting to to see how strong that emotion is as just a tiny baby. So I experienced that, that again, and the doctors pulled me right away. And my mother, I never got to look at her. I never got to lay on her chest. And I never got that first embrace of, of when, you know, the mother has the baby and the doctors will place the baby on the chest and the mother will look at the baby, hold the baby. Um, I never got that. So that's kind of how I started realizing, um, where my abandonment issues came from and then through meditation and through, I I do a lot of float therapy. So, um, flotation therapy is you dissolve a thousand pounds of Epsom salt into about a foot of water and your body actually becomes less dense than that, um, that, that liquid mixture. So you lay on top of this water and you lay and float effortlessly. And this, the liquid really matches your skin temperature. So it feels like you're just you know, kind of floating through space almost. And that actually puts your brainwaves into a deep meditative state, even if you don't really want to. Now, a lot of people get anxiety when they float for the first time because it's dark and it's in a little pod or a room. A lot of people have claustrophobia. But once you can kind of beat that anxiety, your brain and body will go into that meditative state and you can actually learn to reprogram your subconscious there. So I've done a lot of that work. And a couple of times that I've I've experienced flotation therapy, I have um, I have gone back to these early moments of my life when I realized that I was just being monitored and I wasn't really getting the interaction, the human interaction that a young child, a young baby needs. And back then, when, you know, doctors' discoveries, they didn't really understand or know how important it was to connect at that time as a baby so my message to to your following out there is really understand that that those first moments of life are so important when it comes to conditioning and teaching your child how to function and be emotionally secure in this life it it matters that beginning time matters yeah
0: it does And abandonment is actually a huge trauma, a huge trauma for so many people, and it's unconscious. So can you shed some light on what are some symptoms that people may be experiencing, and they have no clue that it's an abandonment issue?
1: Yeah, so your body will actually go into these stress states. And once you become very, very aware of what your body is doing, um, you know, something that triggers you, right? So like I said, when a, when a boyfriend would walk away from me in an argument or something, I would feel like I was dying inside, which means my heart started racing. My pupils would dilate. My body would basically go into fight or flight and I would get short of breath. I would, you know, I couldn't breathe. And then I would actually get pain in my upper stomach, like right where my stomach and my solar plexus is, I would actually get physical pain there. So those are some signs that you have, you're, you're being triggered and that, the trigger is is a little bit deeper than just from that specific instance that it might connect to something that's way deeper within your your body, your cellular memory that you need to kind of work out because yeah. a normal reaction with a person that doesn't have these abandonment issues would not be as excessive as something like that, feeling like your stomach drops through the floor and your body just you know, all of a sudden going into these stress states. So when I would feel these ways, it would be hard for me to go back and regulate myself afterwards. So that's a problem that a lot of people have these days is being in a stress response and not being able to regulate themselves back into homeostasis out of, out of sympathetic when your nervous system is, 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 you know, facing threats. So that actually is a a big issue that a lot of us face these days, because you actually lose brain function when you go into that state. You're not thinking logically. You're thinking reactively. Yes. So, yes, yes. you're right on it. Can Mm. you
0: shed a little bit of light about the nightmares that you spoke about in your book and what did that reveal?
1: Yes, which was, oh, man. And how parents,
0: even if you have children who, you know, constantly have repeating nightmares, like, what alarm or what should you be thinking about? Or maybe what questions should you be asking your children?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I just, I remember I was young. I was a young teen. And I think my my, my dream started happening right around 11, 12. And they would, it would be a repeated dream of, I would just, I would wake up in, in these cold sweats. I couldn't breathe. And I would feel like there was just a dark figure over me. And that would just keep repeating and repeating and repeating. I would have probably the same nightmare at least a couple of times a week, which is a huge signal to parents out there that there is something that is bothering your child on a subconscious level that that child or the subconscious is trying to work out through REM sleep. So parents really, really be on alert, especially if it's a repeated dream and they're having it over and over and over, especially at a, at a young age like that when a child, you know, ch- children have nightmares, but not to the point where they have the same nightmare a couple of times a week. So that's a huge red flag. Um, So throughout having this repeated nightmare for years, for years, I would have this, I figured out, I'm like, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. I thought that, you know, there was something wrong with me that I needed to fix my dreams or something. I was sick of feeling in this panic. Every time I would wake up a couple of times a week, it was making it hard for me to study in school. It was actually, it was bothering my sleep process. So I wasn't feeling clear. I was just mentally exhausted basically. And I wanted to fix that. So I asked my parents to take me to a therapist. I'm like, I'm messed up. I need to talk to somebody. And through that experience, it all kind of came flooding back because I think when I spoke, out loud, and my brain could actually hear the words that were coming out of my mouth. I think that kind of triggered something inside my my cellular memory and my mind that I experienced a traumatic sexual event when I was very young. Mm
0: -hmm. Was it a sexual molestation or? Yes, yes. And it
1: happened for a very long time, a, a really long span of time when I was really young. So okay. And so seeing
0: that, How do you feel being exposed to a sexual encounter such as molestation for such a long time um, at at a young age, distort your perception of your own self-worth or even what love
1: is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it honestly, it really messed me up for a very, very long time. And I've had to do a lot of work, a lot of work to be able to function, quote unquote, normally in this society. Um, because when something like that happens to you, you begin to believe that your worth is based on those acts. So if you don't perform those acts, then you're not worthy. And so it kind of sexualizes you at a very, very young age, you know, and I I became active at a very young age. And I began experimenting with different drugs and alcohol at a very young age because of that instance caused dysregulation within my my vessel. So I was always searching and reaching for things to make myself feel better because I wasn't feeling good in my own body. Mm -hmm. So I started the drugs and the alcohol and the partying and and everything at a very early, early age, which happens to a ton of people. Mm -hmm. And also during those those periods of time, my body, you know, I talked about sympathetic fight or flight. The nervous system can actually go deep into another state, which is freeze when you feel completely just, you know, the threat is there, but you, you can't do anything about it. And you just, you know, you kind of shut down everything and you, your brain disassociates from whatever event is happening. Mm -hmm. So I would go into freeze a lot when I would experience different events through my teenage years and not be able to, to move and not be able to I mean, I experienced another another instance of of abuse, and I, I couldn't move. Yeah, that is in the book as well. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. but and and a lot of women, this happens too, and and it's a really really terrible stat. I think it's, I think it's three out of five women have been sexually abused at a young age. Yeah, so- it, it happens
0: often, and it leads to other things. Even what you mentioned in the book, with you going into being a dancer and then re- owning well running your own prostitution company or whatever and um sex trafficking not that you mentioned that in your book but we interviewed another young lady about it on our podcast because these are dark areas and i think it's important to bring light Mm -hmm. to it and the fact that you healed through it and healing through it Mm -hmm. um so what advice would you give a young woman right now who perhaps was molested she's never Told anyone and she's in that life. She's in that life. What is your advice to her?
1: Well, first and foremost, I want to let these young women know, and even young men. Yeah. You know, that there <laughs> young is, men too. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 a it's a crazy world we live in. But yep. there are ways out of it. And you can feel better because a lot of times when you get abused when you're young, you feel very hopeless. You feel very your self-worth, you don't have any. And you feel like you have to do and reach for these different things to fill yourself up. And I'm here to tell everybody that there is the grass is greener on the other side. There are ways to make yourself feel better naturally without the drugs, without the alcohol, without the partying, without the sex, without the busyness, all of these things. You can actually naturally feel good all the time, but you have to start doing the work and it starts with you. Nobody else. Nobody else can help you become better. You have to help yourself become better. You have to fill that hole that you might feel that you have the gaping hole inside of you, you have to fill that up with your own self-love. But it starts with doing the work, which is extensive. There's a lot of different ways that you can do the work, which I talk about in my book. I mean, there's there's EFT. Yeah. There's, yeah. yeah.
0: It's a great book, guys. I mean, definitely pick it up. And I'm Elizabeth's journey I mean, she went down, I mean, to the darkest of the dark because there was, um, there was pills involved, strip clubs, um, used soul drugs. There's the, the boyfriend that was the Bonnie and Clyde and, uh, even jail time. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I was so desensitized from yeah. life that I didn't feel like anything could ever touch me. I mean, I was up in probably about 10 cops faces with guns pointing at my face, like do something, you know, yeah. what,
0: like, what? Yeah.
1: I mean, but I was so desensitized. I didn't yeah. have any real grasp on what life really was and how, how, how bad it could really get. Cause I didn't care. I felt like whatever, it's not going to happen to me. And even if it does, I don't care because I I numbed myself so much throughout my life because of all the pain and trauma that I went through that I couldn't really feel anything.
0: Yeah, so you had no emotions. You didn't feel anything.
1: Not really. Nothing. And
0: I, I like to, I have a book. that's called Seven Steps to Mastering Emotions. And we have to feel emotions because oh, yeah. it is our ticket to our subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're out there and you're not feeling nothing, you're numb, that's because there's so much pain. There's a lot of healing that you have to do. Yes. Um, Elizabeth, so tell us a little bit about what, what was one positive thing about jail and what was one negative thing about jail? I mean, that's a question I've never asked anyone, mm-hmm. you know, what, what was something you learned that you will never forget? And what is something you're like, I never want to ever do that again. That made you realize that.
1: So jail was interesting. Um, I, I turned jail into instead of this horrible event I turned it into an experience in my head and I made it into like a girl's camp. So I tried to be spunky and happy and I really tried to, Uplift people in there, which I I started doing. I created these gym classes, and I had these girls doing mm-hmm. yoga, and we would play games. So I uplifted people within okay. that system because mm-hmm. it was so depressing being there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started to realize that I can can control my environment and my emotion because there's ways. I I know I said I was numb all my life, but when the emotion would come through it would hit me like a ton of bricks. And I would feel like I was, ah, it would just be so awful. I remember being at court and they're like, you know, you're not getting out. You're not getting out. Boom, you're not getting out. And I'm like, oh my God, like that emotion would come through. Mm -hmm. So, and it would feel so awful. So I know that being in that situation, a lot of those girls, those women feel that all the time. So I was just trying to make the best out of my situation. And so that's why I started creating community within jail. So we actually didn't have that bad of a time as, as bad as it could be in jail. Um, So, I mean, I think what I took from that was that I can really turn a terrible situation into something not so bad and uplift people on the way, but I would not recommend anyone, (laughs) anyone getting themselves into that kind of of issue or, or trouble to be able to face that because that it was not a great experience. Okay. I just made the best out of it as I could. Yeah, Um, I didn't see the sun for months. They didn't let us outside. I literally didn't go outside for months. And that was terrible, terrible for my mental health. It's terrible for anybody's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, they they kind of almost abused the, the women in there. There was a woman that had a seizure and the CEOs didn't do anything. She was literally on the ground, biting her tongue almost off. And the CEOs, they didn't do anything. They just stood there and watched her. Mm-hmm. And that's so inhumane.
0: Because yeah.
1: we're all human at the end of the day. And it, and that place is supposed to rehabilitate you, not make you worse. And a lot of the time, probably about 95% of the time, people get a lot worse when they do a, a sentence, yeah. when they do time, because you go in there with a bunch of people on the same wavelength and the same thought process as you. So you meet more people in your realm of hustling, street hustling, or whatever you're doing or whatever got you into that situation in the first place you meet more of those people so you come out stronger at what you went in for cuz now right. you have more connections now you learn more about your hustle i mean there's just a bunch of things that aren't rehabilitating about that place at all yeah and that system is so broken as it as it you know neural feedback needs to be in every single prison every single jail because people that get themselves into that type of trouble are imbalanced somehow they have an imbalance yeah for sure they, Exactly. So, yeah. so if we really want to rehabilitate these people. We need to, to create a different type of system that actually helps the people within that. And that means shifting them out of these, these stress states that they're stuck in. And because them that's to- a stress mm-hmm.
0: state for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Day in, day
0: out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Elizabeth, at that time, when you were just numb or desensitized, um, what was your self worth? Because you were, I mean, you were able, like you said, you were dating, you had a boyfriend that you guys hustled together. Was it a lifestyle? Was it money? Like at that time you were numb to emotions. So what was your, your value based on at that time?
1: I thought that my value was based on the amount of hustle that I could provide and the amount of dollars I would throw up in a strip club and the amount of bottles I would pop for the whole club because I was out here balling because I was the best hustler in the city at the time um so my self-worth was was really based on everything external Mm -hmm. everything external and the people all looking up to me oh yeah she's out here hustling and she's out here she got that life going I mean it's 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 really really backwards but yeah. it is backwards actually because your self worth needs to come from within and nowhere else nowhere yeah. else because everything yeah. outside of you it shouldn't give you any type of of confidence or or pride it it should be only you only you that gives yourself those things so my self worth was completely external completely yeah. external mm-hmm. yeah
0: and now like where are you now in your healing journey um would you say you're still walking the walk every day? Or would you say, I mean, neurologically, you've completely 100% cured yourself? Where are you in your healing
1: journey today? So I really don't think that there is 100% that anyone can ever reach 100% in their in their lifetime. I can definitely say that I've gotten a lot better than I used to be. I don't, experience or need outside stimulus to fill myself up anymore my self-worth is not dependent upon anybody but myself so I've grown a lot since that time and Mm -hmm. um but here's the thing the journey is is lifelong I work on myself daily Mm -hmm. (laughs) daily. and not even just
0: this lifetime the lifetimes to come
1: exactly Exactly. we're all working out ancestral trauma we're all We have epigenetics. We feel things from past lives, from, from ancestors, from everything, from everything. So this, this, it's just really, it's, it's a journey. And I don't think the healing ever ends ever. I mean, I, I literally, I, I do the work every single day. Somehow, some way I try to, my life is revolved around doing myself healing, doing myself work, because I know that when I'm feeling good, when I'm filled up inside that I radiate that outwards so I can inspire people to do the same thing because I can't change anybody, but I can inspire change within others, which is my main goal. So I do the work every single day. I mean, I'm going to get body work tomorrow. You know, I'm going to get the cranial sacral tomorrow because trauma gets stuck within your body. So when when you say body
0: work, are you referring to energy work? Are you referring to energy work?
1: Um, it's, it's a lot of different, it could be energy work. So any type of, of body, I mean, cranial sacral, I would consider body work massage, okay. even. Yeah. Massage just I you. I gotcha.
0: Yeah. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, your story. And that's why I really wanted to get you on the podcast, because when I talk about transformation, you really, really, really have done that. And like you said, your self-worth was everything external and to transform that into everything internal is a true transformation.
1: Yeah, it yeah. really
0: is. So I want to talk about the road rage, because that was another um, healing that you had to go through. Let's talk about that, your anger, and um, how did you overcome that?
1: Yeah, so throughout my life, I, I never let myself be angry. And I figured this out, too. When I was really young, my dad used to have these huge rage moments, and he used to throw things, and it used to terrify me. So I kind of put that to a trauma within my body that I never wanted to show that to people because I never wanted to look like that. So throughout my entire life, probably until very recently in my late 20s, I never allowed myself to feel anger or to express anger. So that all got stuck in my body because your body holds it all, right? Everything, everything, your body everything? holds everything. So years and years and years and years of stuffed anger starts to spill over because you can't control it anymore. It cannot once your anger cup gets full, it will start popping off like a teacup, you know? Like a it'll just start at inappropriate moments. Yeah. And you can't control it because And on the wrong
0: people. <laughs>
1: exactly. Inappropriately. Yeah. Inappropriately. inappropriately. Yeah. Through triggers, through through triggers that have nothing to do with that moment in time that have everything to do with all the stuffed anger that you have in your system or the, the trauma that you had at age five, you know, you, it's just, it goes back. So when I realized I used to have terrible, terrible road rage, so bad that when I was 19, I shot at cars. Like I shot at tires. I mean, yeah, I, I was, I thought so that was yeah. angry, mm-hmm. so angry. I mean, what, now that I look back on on my nineteen year old self, I'm like, oh girl, I just I hope you heal. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. Just, Which yeah. brings me to my next question:
0: What would you say to your? I would say nineteen, but let's go back to the that three month old that's in that crib. What would you say to that baby mm-hmm. from three months on to Elizabeth today? What would you tell her?
1: You know what, I don't even think I would I would vocally say anything. I would just grab that baby and give her a hug. Ah. Let I her know, that. man. Like yeah. you love you. Yeah. You are all you need. Give yourself a hug. You are yeah. all you need in this That's world. It.
0: And love is the highest vibration in the multiverse. And yes. we all need it. And I think that is the biggest issue with a lot of people that are in jail. It is supposed to be a place for rehab, but mm-hmm. it's everything stems from a lack of love. Mm
1: -hmm. And what
0: most of the world don't understand is that that love is already within you. You don't have to seek it externally through a boyfriend, through a job, Mm -hmm. through anything. It is already within you. Any title, no title, nothing can give it to you. You have to find it yourself through the work. Yeah,
1: Yeah. through the work. Through the work,
0: Yeah. yeah. So Elizabeth, tell us what you're doing now, you and Billy Carson, which by the way, I'm a big fan. Um, I have Billy's book as well. All right. I read this mm-hmm. in about two days. Yeah. Um, cause it was, the, it was an easy read uh, based mm-hmm. on some of the knowledge I already had. Mm-hmm. And we are also, uh, we bought into the shares cause Yay! you guys are Yay! at the ground level of that. Russell and I have done that as well. So we're, we're big fans mm-hmm. and, um, I appreciate you taking the time to speak to our listeners. It's going to be very important, mm-hmm. you know, to our listeners, um,
1: So tell us what you're doing now. So, yes, um, I am the director of operations with Forbidden Knowledge. And I'm so blessed and grateful to be in this position. Because when I met Billy for the first time, it was like we connected on a different type of level. And everything that he was doing, I was like, I want to do that. You know, everything that he was pushing the the knowledge, the power, the love.
0: He inspired you. Yes,
1: absolutely. And Mm -hmm. it's everything that I believe in everything that I study that I research. I mean, it's just everything that I've ever wanted to do. So I'm so grateful to be in the position that I'm in now. And it's, it's really great because I've been able to really take my previous careers and wrap it into this one and really help lift and expand the brand, which I feel like at the end of 2023, I mean, it'll be a household name. I know it. I know it. It'll be a Netflix, a Amazon Prime, which it, I honestly even believe it will be bigger than that because we are not only a TV network. We are e-commerce. We're a book publishing company. We're music. It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. It's life wrapped into a company, right? Yeah. And if you so- are
0: awakening to the knowledge of who you really are, and it's important to you, then this is definitely a company you want to support. Yes. And that's how we feel about it. It is about who we are and we're being intentional and who, the, and who we are and how we want to spend our money, of course, mm-hmm. but it is, it is all wrapped up into that. And I think this is a good time for people to, to get in.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's definitely a great time to get in. Because if you've watched Billy over the years, you know how he moves and how he acts and how hard he works. And I come from the same type of hustle mentality. So the energy put together is. is Yeah, you know, so all that stuff you did, hey, it, it is not in vain. I yeah. believe
0: everything that we go through prepares us for the next. Yes. So everything that you you have gone through is to prepare you for where you are right now.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It was just, yeah. it was funny. Uh, Billy was on Jimmy Church's show a couple nights ago and they were talking about the exact same thing that if one thing was different in the past, exactly. we would not be sitting here. Life would be completely different. So everything that's happened over my lifetime, I don't regret any of it. I don't want to take any of it back. I love every experience that I've ever had because it's made me who I am today and who I am today. I'm, I'm very, I'm extremely proud of. absolutely and I
0: love your transparency um I think it's so important and I think that that's the only way we could truly be free is when we are completely honest and open about our stories and we own it that's a part of ownership you can't heal until you own your shit right
1: right you can't you You have to own it yeah yeah you have to own a lot of it and I, I feel like society has made it Somewhat difficult for women to speak out about the issues that they've had and and are continuing to go through, and they make they they make it so women feel ashamed of things and yeah. so i just i want i want to change help to change that narrative because yeah. you're right, you have to own everything that you've been through in order to heal that part of yourself yes, absolutely, yeah, and it's so but... my
0: mm-hmm. next question is, have you? yet met your birth mother or birth father? I have not.
1: I have not. I actually have a spiritual advisor and I've worked with her for over, over eight, nine years. And she's on the Forbidden Knowledge channel, actually, uh, Courtney. And I think during one of our sessions, it was almost like my mother's energy was passed over. So I don't know, maybe she's gone to the other side, to the next life, reincarnated already. I have no idea, but no, I have not met her or or my father. Got it. So tell us about your son. Oh, yeah. You
0: mentioned him in the book as well. Um, A part of changing your life was when you became pregnant for him. So tell us about that and motherhood. What is that Uh, like right now for you?
1: Oh man, it's just it's the biggest blessing that I could have had in this in this life because it taught me responsibility. It gave me a sense of of responsibility. It wasn't just me anymore. Now I have yeah. to care for this tiny little thing that that I made, you know? I made this this being <laughs> like it's yeah. a fractal of myself. Wild. So that that sparked the change in my consciousness that I had to do better that I couldn't be out here getting locked up and on drugs and partying all the time. I had to do better because now I am responsible for somebody else. So thank God for him. He's everything, everything. And, and he's, he's a little Savanti, you know, he's very, his math. I mean, he is a genius at math, Mm -hmm. a genius, and he's only nine years old. So I'm going to watch that movie happen and, and unfold throughout his life. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's just been a a wild ride. You know, parenthood can be very, very stressful. But I, again, (laughs) wouldn't trade any of that for the world. And it's just, it's so interesting to watch him every single day change. And man, I just, I really got lucky because I was a a horrible, crazy child. I mean, due to a lot of trauma, right? But Man, my son is so easygoing and he's so, he's a mama's boy, you know? Yeah, he's yeah. gave me a hug yeah. the other day and he's looking yeah, up at yeah. me. And he's like, mom, I just love looking up at you when I hug you. You're just so beautiful. And I'm like, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: And yeah. I think a part of being a mom also, if, you, if, if you've been able to be conscious of those boys that you didn't have, like you just saying, just having that love in the first three months of life, you're able to give your child that. You're able to give your child all those things that you wanted someone to give you as a child.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, when I first had him, I wasn't as conscious as I am now, or else I would have been holding that baby every single day. know, yeah. But yeah. still, I mean, it's his journey. It's my journey. And he's turned out awesome. Awesome. But it does give you a different perspective. The parent kid thing. I mean, it's just, it's wild how you grow up and you have that kid perspective until you have a kid and now you have the parent perspective and now you understand more about why your parents did the things that they did. And you have more empathy and forgiveness for certain things because everybody, and I feel all parents just do the best they can do with what they know how. Absolutely.
0: They don't come with instructions, mm -hmm. but it does broaden your, your consciousness. You're able to, like you said, you just had, it's just me, but now I'm responsible for this human being. I need Mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm doing the best I can to make sure that this little human can be the best version that they could be. And I, it does, it stretches us and it grows us as moms. So Elizabeth, how can everyone reach you, get your book? How can our listeners connect with you? and all
1: that good stuff. Yeah, so my book is on Amazon and it's actually a bestseller in a couple countries. So that's really awesome. You guys can get it on Amazon or you can go to forbiddenknowledge.com and you can get it on that site. And you can see me and reach me on Instagram at Elizabeth spelled with an S-I hookstruck. Elizabeth I. Hookstra. And that's the same on TikTok and all these freaking social media sites. Oh my God, there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> um, Facebook is facebook.com slash I am Elizabeth Hookstra. So you guys can reach out in any of those ways.
0: Awesome. Elizabeth, um, right now, today at the timing of this recording, what would you say is the biggest matter of your heart?
1: man, family, my son, I mean, it's just building, we just moved into this beautiful house. And I just congratulations.
0: Want... That's Thank, awesome. you. Yeah. congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's
1: been so hectic. But I just I want family and, and yeah. love to really be just the main thing in, in my life, my family's life, my son's life. And I just I just, you know, happiness and, and love. And I know you can't be happy all the time. And it's okay not to be. But I just want everyone in my family to know that they're so deeply loved and appreciated. And it's just, I'm ready for these new beginnings. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Um, Elizabeth,
0: thank you for sharing your story in your book. Guys, get the book. It's amazing. I read it in two days. I mean, uh, the book is very well put together. It's somewhat in an interview uh formats which i thought was very great Mm -hmm. um get the book like she said you won't regret it especially if you are trying to self-heal and we all all of us all of us can self-heal yes so um guys this has been another episode of matters of the heart and soul podcast my name is Janie charlotte this podcast is inspired by love god relationships spirituality justice culture family Children, finances, freedom, universal principles, health, education, masculine and feminine energies, music, and all things of the heart and soul. This is our mission to connect our hearts with our minds. We appreciate you guys. Please like, subscribe, and share, and we'll catch you guys next time. Take care. Thanks.